0: You're listening to episode 68 of Desi Geek Girls. I'm Preeti Chipper.
1: And I'm Swamna Krishna. And we are recording on Wednesday, March 9th.
0: Huh. All right. Not a ton of news, actually, but one very, very big piece of news. Yes. Uh, we got pictures all- from Obi-Wan. <laughs> yes! Yay! EW did, like, a, a spotlight thing. So we see, like, Ewan is back. And it was just four images, really, for... Um, per- I feel like the
1: announcements about this
0: TV show have been coming for a really, really long time. Yes.
1: Right? I think I have, like, tuned them out because you told me just told me before you started recording that a bunch of people were in it, and I had no idea. So I think, like, I just haven't been paying attention, maybe.
0: Yeah, they've just been slowly littering, like, these, like, casting announcements and da-da-da. Like, you know, obviously we all know that Hayden is coming back, which is very exciting. Um, But the images we saw in the EW thing are, like – ewan in tatooine he's in like this like cave to show like how austere his life is now <laughs> okay um and joel edgerton is back as uncle owen which is awesome like that's great for that, yeah. and right? you know
1: like looking back they cast such a like right? skilled actor as uncle owen like it's like they cast him and he was barely in it and like now it's like that's gonna pay off
0: Right. Yeah. He was like a baby when those movies came out. And, you know, so it's great that they can pull him back as this like veteran actor now. I did see somebody who was like, we already know how Uncle Owen's story ends. Like this tension is all manufactured. Like it's a story. Like all tension is manufactured. Yeah, that's that's fiction. (laughs)
1: Like, like, mean, in Star Wars. We it, know how right? most of the stories end already. <laughs> like, there's very little in Star Wars that is, like, treading ground that we don't know. Right? Like that's, or have some idea of how it's going to end. That's Rogue One. <laughs> and yet Rogue One is amazing. Um, like, even, like, the Mandalorian with all the Luke stuff. We know how that's going to end. We know how it's like, going to end. Still pretty so, fun, though, to watch. Yep. Yep.
0: <laughs> um, so then it, we also saw... The first shot of Moses Ingram, who's playing Reva, a force-sensitive inquisitor, who mm-hmm. is going to be, I think, the light foe to Obi-Wan, in mm-hmm. addition to Vader at some point. Um, but she reminded me of the second sister in Jedi Fallen Order. Um, right. In Chilla Siduri, which, it, that story is so good. And that is, like, that shows you, right, how we can have such interesting, exciting stories, even in familiar ground.
1: Yes. I am very excited to see this show. Um, and I'm very excited. I think there's a sequel for Fallen Order coming out too. Yes. I don't think we mentioned that on the show, but um, I'm that came out maybe a couple of months ago. Mm-hmm. I'm very excited to see that. I know. And I hope it's
0: longer. I hope the game is longer. Because that was my, literally I think my only complaint is how short the game is because I just want mm-hmm. more of it. Um, yeah. And so we talked earlier about, so we only get the four images. From Obi-Wan. And we talked uh, earlier about all these casting announcements. I want to see Kamel Nanjiani. I want to see. Sang Kang. Or Sang Kang. Excuse me. Sang Kang. Han from Fast and the Furious. Who deserves everything. That. And yes, Indra Verma is on it as well.
1: So many people. Yeah. That's a lot of people. And I don't think I knew any of them were in it. So this is. i am real. I mean I was excited for the show before. But like I am. I think this is going to be really good. I'm very excited for it um, um and we did not write the release date on our notes we do, it's may i know it's May. Okay. <laughs> i know it's in may because i've been like oh my god come more come sooner because we need you know uh, we need I was it like, sooner like, we wrote all these notes and then i was like we didn't i don't know
0: when this is coming out
1: <laughs> and then it's going to be followed by the and Andor show right
0: I, at some point not like immediately. at some point
1: yes which, at some point in 2022 one. i think
0: like, I loved Diego Luna, obviously. I think we all did love Diego Luna in Rogue One. And another one, we know how Cassian's story... The Okay, I think the difference is the tension with someone like Cassian that I'm interested to see how they do it is he goes through a fundamental character change in Rogue One. Like, he has a character journey, he has a character arc. How are they going to keep... The character prior to that character arc and prior to that change, like, I guess, because he's, he's not, like, a bad guy, but, like, he, like, yeah. kills somebody five minutes into that movie.
1: He's ruthless. He's ruthless. And he's he does ruthless. what he has to yeah. do to get the job done. Mm-hmm. And there's, you know, he doesn't – he, he – he, whatever personal morals or ethics he has are just pushed aside. Yeah in uh service of the mission but that being said that doesn't mean that that's the first time it happened in rogue one it's possible no totally oh that it's happened before um and maybe we're going to that guy yeah like basically the thing with cassian which isn't the case necessarily with obi-wan is we don't know how his story began yes we don't know a lot of the beats of his story whereas obi-wan like we've seen him throughout his life like and so this is just kind of filling in a little bit of story. Um, whereas with Cassian, he like he lived a long life in service of the rebellion before. Mm-hmm. So I'm hoping we'll now I'm hoping we'll see some like building of the rebellion stuff because we've seen a lot of that through Star Wars Rebels from the point of view of that group of people. But I would love to see it more internally.
0: Yeah, no, I agree. I think it'll be. It is really exciting. The more we talk about it, like I think, the more exciting. Yeah, I'm excited. <laughs> yeah. Um. All right. I feel like that's kind of all the news we have. But uh, yeah, in in other things, star.
1: We didn't okay. know what this episode so, was
0: about, but I know.
1: Okay, so I mean, you probably figured it out if you read the um if you read the episode description, which we uh we you know some people don't. They just start listening. But we're going to talk about uh, the first two episodes of Star Trek Picard. So actually, while we are recording this on Wednesday, this is not going to go live until Thursday, mm-hmm. which is why we're talking about, um, probably should have said this at the top of the episode, which say, is why we're talking wait, about...
0: I just realized, did we say
1: today's Tuesday? Today's no, Wednesday. I corrected uh, Okay, back. good. I messed up the uh, when I was writing because I'm very tired today. <laughs> uh, I'm traveling for work for the first time in two years and I am just like out of my element. Um... <laughs> And I wrote Tuesday, March 9th, but no, I did say Wednesday. Good, good, good. At the top of the episode, but we are not posting this till Thursday, which is why we're talking about Obi-Wan pictures (laughs) and uh, stuff, even though, you know, that happened on Wednesday. Okay, sorry. (laughs) Now I'm just like becoming a time paradox. Speaking of time paradoxes, let's talk about time paradoxes. Bravo. So, first two, yes. First two (laughs) episodes, we are going straight into spoilers. well, hold on, hold Okay, on. Can we, can you do a quick
0: setup of like where everyone is? Because that was something they don't have, at least the, when I watched on Paramount plus last night, the first episode, I did not watch any sort of like recap and it took me a second yeah. to get back into it. So can you just like, uh, very quick.
1: Yeah. So let's reintroduce the characters really quick. Because yeah. part of the, I think this show is designed to where even if you have a, only have a rough memory of who the characters are and what their roles are you should be able to go right into this the story of this doesn't really connect very much to season one um so of course we've got admiral picard um who is now in a synthetic body um because he's a a, he's an android now we've got soji who's also an android um wait i forgot yeah. So yeah, yeah, Picard's- Hold on, yeah, I remember forgot. At the end of the at first season of Star Trek, Picard. Oh, he died right, because he and had they that whole green to a sim- thing. Right. So you, you did you notice in the at the end of the first episode of uh, Star Trek, Picard when he ter- when uh, he turns to look at Seven and Seven confirms yes that is the Borg. He can't hear the Borg anymore in his synthetic body because he <gasps> doesn't have the implants anymore. Yeah. Ah! Yeah. Yeah. You okay, know, you can't hear them anymore, right? Like because he's got a synthetic body now that doesn't have the Borg implants. I just got like goosebumps. I know. I know. This season is so good, it's and so it's like smart. it's like the little details like that. It's so smart. Okay, okay. sorry, sorry, sorry. Picard, synthetic body. Um, uh, Soji is also. Soji is also, you know, mm-hmm. she's an android. She's not in these first two episodes much. I think we're gonna see her again a little later in the season. I don't right. think she's just not. She's. I know she's just not. It's not that she's not in the season. We're just not um, seeing much of her yet. There's Raffi Musiker, who, is, um, who worked with Picard on the Romulan evacuation, and Seven of Nine, who is a former Borg, mm-hmm. um, and a Fenris ranger, so basically helping people in the more lawless areas of the galaxy. And Raffi and Seven are in a sort of relationship. Um, which you only know by like they're holding hands in the last shot of the show they don't like they Mm -hmm. don't like dive into it but there is supposedly an audiobook that i haven't listened to uh, that bridges the gap between season one and two and kind of talks about their relationship and it's narrated by michelle hurd and uh and jerry ryan the actresses so that's awesome i really want to read it yeah and that that dives into like the like how their relationship came to be and stuff like that which um i really appreciate and Elnor, our favorite Elf Romulan. And then um, Santiago Cabrera, Colonel Rios. Uh, Santiago Cabrera's Rios, Gustavo uh, mm-hmm. Rios, the captain of La Serena, who um, now in the second season is no longer the captain of La Serena. Um He has given his ship to Seven to to do um, her Fenris Ranger thing. Mm-hmm. So she's now the captain of the ship. And to your dismay, has combined all the holograms. I'm so upset about this. and so We will get into it.
0: But how how dare you take So I uh
1: I think I think we that I think they know. No, oh, no, no, Dr. Girardi. Yeah, Dr. Yeah. Agnes Girardi is a foremost she's a scientist, foremost expert on um artificial intelligence, but also just like really smart um mm-hmm. and much like I I did not like her in the last season. She was fine, but she served a purpose. This season, like even in like the first five minutes of the, of her on screen in her her discussion, like her conversation with Soji, she just seemed so much more real and natural. I agree. I agree. Um, I, yeah. I, 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 wholeheartedly. I think they're I think the first season suffered from a lot of cooks in the kitchen. This was a really big prestige show, like the mm-hmm. first Star Trek prestige drama. You know, it's Picard bringing back possibly the most beloved character in Star Trek history. Like there right. were a lot of cooks in the kitchen. There was a huge story they had to tell. Um, and so I think the writing in this season is just a lot smoother.
0: Yeah, I agree. Um, yeah. Thank you for that. I should have asked you yesterday or I should have looked it up. Cause I like didn't, I like didn't do any prep for the, for the like watching that's fine, though. second season. I think yeah. most people won't.
1: And that's, and- that's the point
0: yeah it was like totally accessible totally like i clearly there were like a few things i missed because i didn't
1: remember certain things but like that's that's the beauty of this show though i think you can miss a lot of the canon references and still enjoy and understand what's going on and that's why one of the reasons like i think like this show should be like set as an example of how you can tell an accessible story within an existing rich canon and make it make make it appeal to viewers both uh new viewers and old viewers
0: yeah i agree um all right let's let's
1: dig let's dive in okay so it's one year later it's about two years later two years later
0: (laughs) uh because
1: i think it's about two years because so we find out pretty early in the season that sometime after the events of the season finale about a year and a half ago jabon who is Laris's husband and Laris mm-hmm. is the Romulan that lives with Picard and is kind of one of, not a caretaker, but a, just, just, just a friend like um, lives in, at his estate with him. Her husband has passed. Mm-hmm. We don't know how, we don't know why he's just died off screen. So he, she says it's been a year and a half. And I don't think the implication is he died as a direct result of what happened in the first season. So I think, right. You know, I think it's probably been about two years. Okay, um, and there's something going on. Yeah, like so it kicks off like pr- the the cold
0: open is like they're on this like ship, mm-hmm. they're shooting and like everything's happening yeah. and like people are dying and like the Borg is there. It's very, I, I, it I was very stressful. Yeah. Um, and they get to the bridge and like Seven of Nine is there, Picard, like all, all our our favorite characters are there, um, and. That's when you find out it's the Borg, right? Like, yeah. And then it like cuts and it's 48 hours earlier. Right.
1: And we're back on the chateau. Mm-hmm. We're back on the lovely chateau. Yes. <laughs> it's harvest season. So they're harvesting the grapes. And that was just a cool scene to see how they did it. Like the technology mm-hmm. beaming out the grapes. I thought that was an interesting, nice touch. Yeah. Number one is back, the Picard's dog. Mm hmm. Aw. And uh, him and Laris have a little thing going on.
0: Yeah. Okay. So there's this like really heavy theme in the first episode about like Picard picking like duty and adventure over significant, uh, like any sort of significant romantic relationship yes. in his life, which it's like, first of all, cutting deep, man.
1: Come on. I was going to say we are going to get into this because I think this is going to be a theme throughout. Right? The it's like that's. I think, it's, th- I think this is the the same way. Like the first season was Picard coming to terms with Data's death and his mm-hmm. role in it. I think the second season is going to be Picard coming to terms with his personal life.
0: Yep, it's this is like I love Picard because it's like drama action, but also let's just like deep character analysis let's talk about um, our feelings yeah let's talk about our feelings so he uh and laris have this like moment where you know she is trying to say like the way we honor our lost you know uh our lost yeah. loves yeah in in my culture and as a romulan is to love again right and so the implication is very clear where she's like yo if you want it like i'm here and i was texting something i was like this is shady <laughs>
1: Like it's clear that he is. He does have some yes. interest, but yes. he stops himself.
0: hmm They almost kiss, which like kudos where you have like Patrick Stewart is like 80 something, right? It's like, yes, let romance be like a very real part of this. That said, I don't know how much younger the actress who plays Laris is. Orla Blady.
1: Or Orla Brady. But yeah, she looks actress.
0: significantly younger than him, which I was like, you're so close, but Yeah still
1: <laughs> but romulans are also in if we're talking about in culture romulans are long lived they live. To oh yeah yeah, years. yeah yeah so they, i would guess they're supposed to be the same age probably but i'm sure that i'm sure the actress isn't like her 50s no
0: it was just very funny to me where i was yeah. like 80 something that woman is clearly not you and he's like a- <laughs> playing older,
1: too, right? He's mm-hmm. supposed to be in his, like, mid-90s, I think. Yes. Uh, it's Picard is because he was always playing a character older than he was. mm mm-hmm. um,
0: Yeah, so he stops himself. And, okay, here's a question for you. How much... Does Next Gen or any of the accompanying, like, literature
1: dig into Picard's past? Okay, we're going to get into this. Do we want to get into it now? Or let's let's talk about it. Let's talk about this first episode a little more. Okay. Because I think – and I want to talk about the Guinan scene in particular. Okay. Because I think they're going somewhere specific with this. Oh, I think okay. it's not just like an indictment on Picard and his relationships. I think there there might no, be no, something yeah, specific yeah, yeah, yeah. we're talking about here. Okay. So it, it's like I don't think it's an indictment. I think it's like you said with
0: the first season, where it was like coming to terms with it. It's getting Picard yeah. to acknowledge the choices and the and the the choices that he's made and the feelings that he has and how it contends with who he is. Yeah. But so this whole Lyra scene happens and then there are these like,
1: uh, there are these like flashback moments, right? Yes. There's a flashback of him coming to the Chateau, which like, it's been in his family for generations, Mm -hmm. but um, I, he moved there as a boy with his parents and it seems pretty abandoned, like his family hadn't been there for a while. Right. I um, mean, he's there with his mom and has a conversation about how, like, oh, we're so far away from Paris. And he wears a very large hat. Oh, my God. The hat
0: is so big. It's such a large hat on such a small child, which, like, this is this is supposed to be what the, like, I'm <laughs> Sona's, like, cracking up. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Um, This is supposed to be, like, the 2030s-ish,
1: right? Right yeah uh, so, the, yeah two, 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 this is yeah some 23 right, some, somethings 20 yeah right like it's that. not 1927 no this no child where she, was, he's not a newsie
0: no he looks like a freaking newsie with this giant flat cap and it just i was like why is it it's it's comically large it just is
1: it is. It is. Honestly, I didn't even notice it until you sent me the picture, and I was like, "Oh my god, how did I not notice that?" It takes up half his face. I don't know. What, maybe
0: it's because I was watching it like on my TV instead of on my computer. Oh my god! But I was like, "That hat is so big." That ch- it maybe it's really. really They're like, we're gonna make this
1: kid look real small. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um. But so he has a conversation with his mom and. You know, you can tell that they're close and she's trying to like nurture him and his love of exploration and his, you know, his love of the stars. Like she tells him to look up, like look, look up, look to the stars. Mm-hmm. Um, you also get some hints. We don't know. Okay. Let me preface this. With, we don't know a lot about Picard's early life. Like we know tidbits. Yeah. That's that's him. what I was but wondering. We haven't, we haven't explored a lot of it. Um and I think that there, there's a lot of hints going on here. The fighting, he, they reference the fighting between his parents. Okay. Um, you know, in terms of, you know, he says, "Will you still, sh- will you still fight all the time?" And um, there's some like kind of disturbing scene, like flashes of scenes yeah. after that scene with his mom, something happening to his mom. And I think what they're hinting at here is domestic violence. Mm-hmm. Um, mm. the thing we do know about his father is that he did not approved Picard joining Starfleet like that's we don't know much um so we don't know but I know Patrick Stewart the person is very 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 strong like he's a strong advocate against domestic violence he's a strong advocate for um women who've been in this situation and his his own family life he Mm -hmm. was his mother was abused by his father um and if you haven't seen it I'll link to it there is a really like moving youtube clip or like a just like a shake somebody on a phone oh, yeah speaking at a convention have you seen this
0: mm-hmm.
1: i mean it like made me cry yeah yeah i i watched it after i watched this episode and i started crying again he talks about like his at work with uh you know to work against domestic violence and his how it his own family experience so my guess is because i know patrick stewart has a lot of influence over what you know, Picard's like, he, yeah. he is Picard. Like, he he has a lot of influence over the story. So I imagine if he said, okay, this is an issue that's important to me, I want to address it in the show, um, that 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 would be what they would do. And so I yeah. think that's what that's hinting at. Like, I, that. that's my guess. That's, I, my guess is we're going to learn more about his past and everything. We're going to find out that part of his commitment issues are because his father abused his mother I yeah. think is what we're going to find out um it, there, there's a root that there and I'm that's going to be hard but I think it's a I think I think we talk about the utopia of the 24th century and it's somehow grounding to fi- find that oh like if you have dealt with those issues I think it can be cathartic to see that dealt with on screen and something that's supposed to be this utopia like yeah. oh there's still people like me there do you know what i mean like no, i, know it I sounds agree very weird to say that no 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 um, i not i have not been a victim of domestic violence so i'm not trying to speak for people who've been in that situation but, but it's
0: it's acknowledging that there is a reality to it right yeah. it's acknowledging that this is some you can't just people are people people make choices yeah. and people will often make bad choices and you can't disregard bad choices just because you live in like the fallibility of people essentially yeah. right so you
1: can eliminate poverty you can eliminate homelessness you can eradicate disease but you can't you can't humans are humans exactly and that's something that's part of human nature like you know um, and so um yeah. So fallibility, I, I, that fallibility yeah, exactly.
0: is part of something that's human nature. Val-
1: right, right. Not like you know right. domestic violence. <laughs> it's but like-, like that, that and, and the emotions behind it, the experiences behind mm-hmm. it, you know all exist. Do- yeah, exactly. And so um
0: But no, I agree with you. And I think it's gonna be I have a, for when we get to
1: season two, not
0: season two, we're in season two. Episode two, um, I have a more specific question because so like we said, there he's thinking about, you know, their their front chateau and his childhood there and all of those things. Um, and then,
1: is this where we cut to Gerardi? That seems about right. So there's some, some sort of anomaly. I think we see, we might see Rios first. Maybe. And okay. there's some sort of anomaly that he's been ordered to investigate. Never investigate the anomaly! I know. It's some sort of green anomaly in space that he's ordered to investigate. And, um... Gerardi is on Raritan Four, I think it is, with um, with Soji, and she's doing like diplomatic work, learning languages, like doing what you know she's trained to do um, as a you know linguist slash and that historian a, slash person. There's been like a shift in the relationship between synthetics and non- right. The synthetic ban is over. Synthetics are accepted as part of society, and so. Um, you know, it's a it's a really nice moment to mm-hmm. you know, it's nice to see her doing her work, and then the it's interesting, nice little tidbit. The Raritan Four is a colony of Deltons. We first met Deltons in. Okay, I was like, um, I don't know what those are. Yeah, in a <laughs> motion picture, and oh. there's a there's an Indian tie-in because Persis Kambata, who uh was one of the first South Asian people in Star Trek, I think was um she played Ilya. Who oh, was, cool. Yeah, who was who awesome. so, so, was the first Delton we saw on screen? I think. Yeah. And so, anyway, random connection, but um, I'll take it. And then we see an awkward, an awkward Girardi, uh, a
0: drunk Girardi, drunk,
1: awkward Girardi, getting hit on, and it's just like, no, 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 no I can't handle this, <laughs> which is great. Like, okay, um, so we talked a little. I do
0: want to, like, I agree with you what you said earlier of like this is she, she even within five minutes she's a much more real character because in the last season it did feel. Like you said, she was there to serve a specific purpose and not that she won't be here, but there it was like the characterization felt secondary to her space in the plot. Versus- there wasn't a lot of character really?
1: development. Like we no. learned she was awkward. We learned. We learned and that then like- she was just awkward and then she was brainwashed. She and then she was that- like
0: making really annoying choices on screen. So you were like, oh my God, you're so like my, my mom loves Star Trek. And to this day, she's like, I don't like that doctor girl. <laughs>
1: yeah no there's not really
0: reason to but she's so much more it's so it was so much easier to like engage with her almost immediately in this season so by the time we get to some of the more like there's like a moment in the second episode where I was like oh my god what are you doing but it's still I was still like but I still am like really rooting for you and I still really care about what happens to you next
1: yes um I agree I think that I think I think She's just much more real. And yes. I was able to connect with her pretty much immediately. And she yes. feels very natural. And Alison Pill, to her credit, is a great actress. Yeah, it yeah, not, yeah, It was definitely the writing. It's not the acting. Yeah, I agree. Um, but um, so she gets contacted by Rios. And Rios asks for her help with this anomaly because they don't know what it is. And they figure she's smart probably and can help. So she. But they
0: have – hold on. They have like a – they have a history. They have like a romantic do, history. Yeah. Yes. And they have broken up.
1: I'm glad, I'm glad you're reminding me of this because like, I'm going straight for plot. know. I'm like, know. I'm like no, 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 feeling. wait, 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 wait. Like, no, we have to talk about feelings.
0: Hold on. <laughs> we have to talk about feelings. Yeah. Um, no. Because there was like, hit, there was a bit of it in the last season, which I was always like, because Jurati was the way, written the way she was, that I was like, this doesn't feel lived in a real. But their breakup somehow works so much better because it works so much better. there's it like does. this like, underlying layer of not like animosity but just like sheer frustration where they're like we have to work with each other but there are all these unresolved issues happening and so she like sort of is like fine I'll come and she hangs up uh, and we find out that Soji was like listening in essentially and she
1: sort of is like I don't want to say I told you so. <laughs> the conversation, between, like, that conversation between the two of them, between Soji and Dr. Gerardi it was, like, two minutes long. But it's, like, cemented in my head as just, like, oh, I like this character Best now. Friends. You know, like, it's just so natural. <laughs> and it's so, like, it's so great. And can I just talk really quick about Alison Pill's green suit? Which, yes. Like, her yes. suit was amazing. I was like, I want that suit. Very into it. Um, but so she beams up, and aboard we find out that Rios is now back in Starfleet. Yep. he's the captain of a new ship. And and so not handsome. Just any ship, he is the captain of the USS Stargazer. Okay.
0: Wait, I do realize that we did the the seven of nine stuff actually comes before this, okay, which okay, I only yes. remembered because I was so uh, relieved when Santiago Cabrera showed up as Rios. Because so seven of nine. So pause. We're gonna come back to Rios on. Yes on the federation ship seven of nine is on la Cire- what is it la, la serena yeah. la serena and like is in like a shootout because people are trying to steal like medical supplies and da 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 and we see the hollow of santiago cabrera cabrera but he's like a little different he's not one of the five that we met or five
1: right I think it was like five, five, four or five, something like that.
0: Um, In the last season, which is uh, Santiago's Cabrera. It's it's a, a group of Santiago Cabrera characters. Um, He's like an amalgamation of all of them. Yes. And <laughs> can I say the moment he's like shows up and he's like roughly speaking Spanish and he like has all these tattoos and he's talking to Seven of Nine and she's like fighting off like four or five different people. And she, at one point, she was like, "Disable like hollow, hollow safety protocol or something," and yeah. he
1: starts to be able to kick ass. I was like, "This is amazing!" I know. Yeah. So apparently, she combined them all into one. She refers to them as Emmett, so now it's just Emmett. It's just
0: Emmett, and I'm so okay. I am in mourning for the Santiago's Cabrera. I miss the one who was like so cute and sweet, and like put his hands on his cheek because he was so excited. Um, how dare they take away all of these wonderful characters and opportunities for Santiago Cabrera to play so many different accents, so many different styles, so many different versions of this man. And my guess is because they were just like one COVID lot. We're not having one actor come in and play like 17 different parts, but I'm still like very genuinely upset about this. So, like, just R.I.P. to the Santiago Cabrera. A moment of silence. Okay. I'm trying not to laugh. <laughs> I'm like, a moment of silence, moment of silence. <laughs> um, but basically, that's where they set up this whole, like, you know, yeah. she's doing good deed. Da, 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 da. Um, but... She's still back
1: to, like, kicking ass and doing her, and trying to help people, basically. Yeah, but she,
0: like, also notices the anomaly, right? Like, yeah, so
1: she, yeah. Yep, she also notices it. And so she sets course for the anomaly as well. Um, And then Rios is also warping over to the anomaly. And he um, is aboard, he's the captain of the USS Stargazer, Mm -hmm. which um, is a very significant ship in Star Trek history. That was Picard's first command. Mm -hmm. He was the captain of the Stargazer for 22 years. Holy crap. And we don't know. But it's not about it's not the same ship. It's not the exact. same No, no, ship. no. It's just the same. It's the same name. It's right. not this. I don't. It's not like the Stargazer was destroyed. Like right. it's. It's just. It's a legacy name. Okay. Um, as as I think Agnes says, she's like a name with baggage. Um, and it's but it's significant because we'll talk about more about it. But I think a lot of this season is going to tie back to the Stargazer, uh, Picard's Stargazer. Um, we don't. I mean, the name of this episode is stargazer yeah it's the clearly stargazer significant. like it's significant and i think we're tying back we don't know a lot about Picard's time on the stargazer actually we have tidbits here and there but he was the captain of that ship for 22 years before he became the captain of the enterprise and we don't know a lot about it so i think this is significant
0: um so rios is like you know like we said the captain of the ship they're like showing up for the anomaly jirati comes on board, Seven of Nine
1: comes on board. Yeah, so they meet up there and Seven and, of Nine comes on board. And we
0: get this like significant sort of conversation about the Stargazer and what makes it such an interesting ship is that they've integrated Borg technology onto the ship to like
1: uh, make it better uh, yeah my guess is they <laughs> my guess is what it is is some of the like you know like the borg self-healing subroutines since I'm, I'm, i mean, i'm that's very much techno babble but board borg uh, ships have the ability to like mm-hmm. interconnected heal themselves and my guess is that would be very useful yeah if like a ship's hull could heal itself like because you know, they like
0: stuff. in the first season there was a lot of research being done on the cube on like borg yeah. technology so it, it it's fitting that we would see the results of that research being, you know, put to, you know, put into action essentially on right. these ships. Um, and but then they get was, a
1: message, right? Well, from... Seven
0: of Nine, I want to note, is like clearly like she's like very uncomfortable
1: yes. being on
0: the ship. She thinks everybody else is uncomfortable around her being on the ship. Um. So there's, that, there's like a little bit of tension there where Seven of Nine is already set up as this person who is like, counter to what maybe the rest of the federation is seeing as progress like or yeah. is seeing as like the correct move forward she's like we she's clearly more hesitant which 100% makes sense given her history given her history, yeah. um but they want Jurati up there also because they're like trying to figure out what this thing is
1: mm-hmm.
0: uh and then yes it's like this big green sort of like glowing thing in space and then uh Oh, this we're we're doing it a little bit backwards because there was like a signal interruption while he was talking to seven of nine, but like whatever, mm-hmm. it doesn't really matter. But like a message comes in,
1: yeah, and um, basically it's a very garbled message, and it takes mm-hmm. them a while to like parse it down to what it is. And Gerardi gets involved and is able to, um, um, basically decipher. It's not it's not decipher the message. Problem is, it's a bunch of voices like overlaid, yeah. but she's able to clear it up, and it says help us pick hard help us pick hard and then uh, we uh, and uh, actually there's another part of it we, we don't find out that out till later so I will keep
0: so obviously we're all like oh pick hard like what's and speaking happening? of Picard, I
1: think we <laughs> skipped over him he went to back on earth he went to the starfleet he went to starfleet academy to oh, give yeah, a speech to, to graduating <laughs> cadets. i think it's graduating cadets yeah uh, it might just be cadet I, it's more, like I, getting placement they're getting placement they're not graduating they're still cadets but uh um, they're getting placement and he called he recognizes elnor who is the first fully romulan uh to grab uh, fully romulan cadet romulan. To, in starfleet <laughs> And he, it turns out he is the like uh, ch- chancellor of Starfleet Academy, so he oversees Starfleet Academy. That's a cool role for him. I'm, I'm yeah. really glad that they put him there. And like Rafi um, is there. Rafi is there, and she is now I think the first officer of the Excelsior, mm-hmm. um, and that is a that's the ship that Elnor ends up assigned to. And um, they have a nice mo nice conversation with Rafi. <laughs> Where he, he call she calls him out for not for his commitment issues. Yes. And then he calls her out for, so how's it going with Seven? And Rafi admits <laughs> like they're still definitely in it seems like they're still definitely in yes. a relationship. But you know, Rafi basically says, and it's fair, like she's trying to save the galaxy, and what kind of asshole like wants to compete with that? Like it's right. just basically like Seven doesn't have a lot of time for Rafi. And Rocky's like, I'm not going to sit here and complain about it because she's trying to, like, help people. and But mm-hmm. it's, it's just hard. And she, like, calls both Jean-Luc and Seven out for being, like, too self-sufficient. Yeah. Which is, it was a really nice conversation. And then he uh, sees, we see Elnor and uh, they have a night Picard and Elnor have a nice moment before Elnor goes off with... Rafi and then it's a wait
0: no 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 he okay, gives no, okay. he gives Elnor the book by Spock about Spock's mm-hmm. experience being the first like Vulcan
1: yep. uh Starfleet officer and it's like it's just a really like cute moment, right? It's a nice moment. And speaking of that book, we did skip over also Picard and Laris having a conversation the morning after where Laris oh, yeah, is yeah. just like, uh-uh, we're we're we can't go back do this. We can't go back. Like we yeah. had that moment and that moment was significant and you chose to do what you always do which is, like, run away and hide your feelings, but we can't go back. So this is irrevocably changed, and we can't keep going all the way we've been going. Right. Oh, and so, many,
0: so many things fair. happened
1: in this episode. I know. It was so funny. Sorry. I know we're, like, all over the place, and we're just,
0: like, picking and choosing, but.
1: I think in a way that didn't work as well in the first season episodes. The first season episodes felt a little overstuffed. Like, we yes. just got to get the plot in. This feel doesn't feel there's a no. lot that happens but it doesn't feel over stuff i agree
0: with you it, it all felt very well paced yeah. it's just a lot right and, and then Picard card goes from like there so much that has to happen
1: i know like because he's talking to gynan like okay right. so picard, picard goes from there to talk to to to, to uh talk to gynan um, which who, is in the
0: historical historic
1: los angeles which i just like this is something i haven't quite Figure it out because I just haven't read up on it. How lost because as far as I know in this time period, Los Angeles doesn't exist anymore. um It af- fell into the ocean after an earthquake. So um oh, I God. think was, I think that plaque that they show at the beginning, which I didn't like, pause to read when they show like they're on Forward Avenue or Forward Street or whatever, and they show it's like a historic district. I'm wondering if it's like a reconstructed Los Angeles.
0: Maybe uh, well, LA one, LA is going to be significant, obviously this season. Mm-hmm. Two, in Picard's speech to the cadets, he says, like, he's talking about choices, and he's talking about time, and he, like, this is, this is, like, heavy-handed in the way that, like, Star Trek is the best at being heavy-handed, where he's, like, you don't often get second chances. Yeah. Or rewinding time, etc. And then he goes to the, like, historical district (laughs) to, to, like, revisit an era gone by to, like, talk to Guinan. (laughs) Literally a piece of the United
1: States that like fell off into the yeah. ocean.
0: It's like so we clearly see these like themes of like in it like like Picard's like sort of having to deal with like personal choices and, and feelings.
1: Time, time is going to be a big thing. Yes. Yeah. And um, it's a really nice moment, too, because you see the Forward Avenue plaque or Forward Street plaque. So you see forward and then he looks up and it's like the number 10. Mm-hmm. And you kind of know Ten Forward is where Guinan tended bar on the Enterprise, so you know what's coming. It's, like, it's just a really nice setup for the scene. And you walk in, and she's – this scene was just like – it was so lovely. It's it's very sweet. Whoopi Goldberg is
0: obviously back. Um, they have a, a lovely comment of, you know, Guinan. Guinan is supposed to what? Like, they're not immortal, but they cha- her species changes far – like, her, ages far the age, more
1: slowly. They age – very slowly like she's hundreds of years old yeah like at least 600 years old i think but like to account
0: for the reality of whoopi goldberg aging as a real human being she was like well you know people get really uncomfortable when you remind them of their own mortality so i let this happen so i was you know keeping up with well, she the doesn't dimes, look especially. that much older but she really doesn't because but <laughs> um but it, it is just a genuinely wonderful conversation between two people who have known each other a
1: very long time and he goes and he clearly all, like it doesn't happen like on screen but he tells her what happened with Laris. like he goes there to like get advice like which is what he always says the guy, and to get advice mm-hmm. and i don't think he goes to her very often about personal stuff but in this case and she can tell he does <laughs> yeah and she she can tell she brings out the hooch and they share some story and brandy and talk about basically talk about Picard and the person he is and the way she calls him on, like, you've always, you've always had, re-. he's like, I have loved deeply in my life. And she's like, yeah, but you always choose women who are, who there's no possibility of a long term relationship. Yeah. And okay, so this okay, is where wait, I want yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: This is where I want to get into things with his personal okay. history because, right? Because like I, from what I understand, the significant romantic relationship in terms of next gen is with the doctor, right? Yes.
1: Dr. Crusher. So, okay. So at this point, the omission of Dr. Crusher from this series, not right. just from the season, not just from the episode, but every single other cast, regular cast member of next gen has at least been mentioned. Right. The, you know, Riker and Troy are in the first season mm-hmm. data. The entire first season is about data. Uh, Jabon, when he is talking to Riker about, or talking to Picard about assembling a crew, he says, Riker, Geordi, yeah. like, Riker, LaForge, Worf. Yeah. You know, they, they will be there for you. Crusher is the only one who has not been mentioned. Yeah. And at this point, I am starting to think that's deliberate. It must be. It, so- it
0: must be. Especially if we're talking about this, like, for romance and
1: and the fact she hasn't even been mentioned. It's it's very apparent. Um, and then Gynen says specifically, like, there's one thing, but we don't talk about it. And I don't know if she's referring to Beverly. I don't know if she's referring to Picard's mother. Because that's also the other thing yeah, that's yeah, yeah, revolver totally. around. Like domestic violence, Picard's mother, like the reason he doesn't commit. But I think it's gonna be, like, my guess is it's gonna be a combination. And I think because let's go back to the Stargazer. Okay. One of the things we do know about the Stargazer. And, and one of the few things we know about the Stargazer is that Jean-Luc Picard's best friend served under him on the Stargazer, Jack okay. Crusher. Oh. And Jack oh. Crusher. Yeah. Yeah. There's a whole what? thing here. Okay. So Jean-Luc Picard was a captain of the Stargazer. Uh-huh. He took over the captaincy after the captain died. He, like, took command. That's one thing we know. And under his command was his best friend. He's known... Jack Crusher, for a very long time, knew Jack before he married Beverly, had a crush on Beverly before Jack and Beverly got married. So Picard's feelings for Beverly go way back, but like didn't act on it because like he wasn't gonna move it on, you know, the girl his friend was dating. And so like he's had a crush on Beverly for a very long time. What we also know is that Jack Crusher was serving on the Stargazer, Jack Crusher died on an away mission. And we know that Picard made a choice okay. that le- that resulted in Jack Crusher's death. That's what we know. We don't know what the situation was. We don't know what the choice was. And as far as, far as I know, we don't – I might be – like, if I'm completely wrong, tell me. But I'm pretty sure what – these are the thing. these are the pieces of information we have about Jack Crusher's death. It was okay. a choice Picard made, and it resulted in Jack's death. Okay. Um. And – that that's what we know the first see the first episode in encounter at farpoint uh first episode of the next generation there's a scene where picard walks into beverly's office and says, like if you want to transfer i will approve it if you <laughs> don't want to serve under me i will approve it and she's like why would i want to transfer you know and he says because i remind you
0: anytime mm-hmm. you look at me
1: i'm going to remind you of what you lost and she's like i requested this assignment i want to be here like you know i can deal with it and so and she's like okay well you know you're the medical officer I want, so like, awesome. we'll leave it at that. But so that's what we know, and that ship was the Stargazer that that all that happened on. Okay, so I feel like we are, and P- Guinan references something very big, and jumping ahead a little bit, but Q also talks about something specific. Picard has yes. to pay tenants for. Yes. There's something specific we're all talking about here, what? and we haven't mentioned it on screen. <laughs> I think it's Jack's death, Beverly, the relationship. That's wild. all of, I think I think we're going there, which we've never gone there before. And I'm really excited if that's what we're doing. Um, there's no but, like books or anything. There or is like... a book, supposedly, but the way Star Trek books work, it's not like Star Wars canon, um, where the expanded Star Wars universe is considered like can- is considered canon. The books are canon until they're not. Okay. Like the books are Got sure. It. Like basically, the books are like. There's a whole. And at this point, and that's the new books. That's the books that are coming out now. Like the Discovery tie-in novels, yeah, yeah, yeah. the hard tie-in novels. At some point, something on screen might contradict them. Okay. And they, um, they. That's and that's that. Like those, they're, they're no longer canon. For the older stuff, it's very much the same way as Star Wars Legends. It's at this point just it. It doesn't count because. They have, with, with Picard, they have forged a completely new future, and so mm-hmm. it just doesn't. So okay. there is a book, supposedly. I've never read it. But it, it might but, not be relevant. Yeah, they 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 do not take from the expanded universe in the same way that the Star Wars writers do. Okay. Uh, mainly because I don't think the Star War, Star Trek books were as widely beloved, necessarily, as the Star Wars books. Um, but yeah, so I think that we're all hinting around something guidance read- from a personal point. And it's the decisions Picard has made, and basically, yeah, like I think we're hinting around like this: their decisions Picard has made, and he's going to have to reckon with, you know, mm-hmm. that that stuff. And it's not—I'm not even saying that choosing—we don't know the circumstances of what happened. He may have been choosing to save the ship, sacrifice one man to save the ship, mm-hmm. and that's probably the right decision. But that doesn't mean you don't grapple with that and that doesn't weigh yeah. on your conscience and stuff like that.
0: Well, so speaking of choices, he has this whole conversation with Gynen, mm-hmm, he gets mm-hmm. then this is where like after their conversation is where he gets uh called like the the
1: federation person comes to his home and is like we need you to we need do you this to thing come in space. <laughs> Yeah, to come and see this anomaly because we find out the other part of the help us picard message is um um a the section on joining, basically a new member joining the Federation. Mm-hmm. They send that. So they're signaling, we want to join the Federation. And at this point, they don't know who... Who it is. You know, who it is. But they know they're capable of creating this kind of anomaly. So they mm-hmm. know they're powerful. And they're like, we could use that kind of technologically advanced member yep. of the Federation. So they send Picard out to the Sir, Yeah.
0: And so he goes up and he like... They open up a channel of communication and he's like, this is Jean-Luc Picard. Like how can, what can I do? How can I help you? Essentially.
1: And there's this moment oh where like, God. it's like, it's like silence, silence, silence. And then it's like, Picard. <gasps> it's <just>
0: like, <laughs> oh. <laughs> All right. So we have to pause really fast here because, so this is the Borg. And one, I, I texted you this yesterday, but like supreme kudos for the choices of when we were prepping for this, when the trailer came out last year, you chose a few episodes and a movie to watch. Yeah. And we watched them. And I cannot, like, thank God because if we'll, we'll link to it in the show notes, uh, which we did last time too, but like legit, this was a very good list of episodes and movie to watch um, because it's the Borg, obviously. And with the Borg comes not only like the terror, because it is truly terrifying of like that. Which we talked about last last season of like assimilation, etc. But friggin' time travel because one of the most terrifying aspects of this are they're like choices are clearly such a big thing this season because they're like is this the moment is this like Picard has to decide like is this the choice that leads the Borg to be who they become with regards to the Star Trek universe with regards to the Federation because they don't they don't know
1: yeah so it's basically they're trying to figure out. Can we accept the Borg as a member of the? Fed- are they are they are they genuine? Mm-hmm. Do they genuinely want to join the Federation? Because as far as they know, they mentioned this offhand, and this is something I was not aware of until I mentioned it. Is that the Bo- Borg are hobbled? They are a shell yeah. of their former selves, and which is I didn't know, but I think is due. If you are curious about that, I think it's due to the uh, Neurolytic uh, pathogen that Voyager introduces to the Borg collective in the c- series finale of that show in Game Parts One and okay. Two. Great episodes, if you feel like watching them um but i think so i think the, the borg are a shell of their former selves but seven's point she makes this yes. point that the Borg assimilate they don't get assimilated like yeah. and it's a good one it's like, a good it's like, point yeah. i was like listen to seven like seven knows
0: more than anybody like maybe not more than Picard obviously but like literally
1: seven no she a was one... a member of the she was right? assimilated as a child Borg so was like, she... a, like Picard was assimilated for like a week, five seconds like which is like you know still yeah yeah, significant, yeah, yeah. but seven was a Borg for her formative most so of her like, life seven
0: knows more than anybody like she is the the voice of dissent here because everybody else like Chris is hesitating, Jurati is hesitating, Picard is hesitating. Like, the minute they find out it's the Borg, Seven is like, absolutely no, not. Like, we no. cannot do this. We do not do this. Like, this is not what – this is – You, they will take over everything. But then they get – you know, because the the Borg is, like, coming in, like, no, we want to send an emissary over. We're sending someone over. And they're forcing their way onto the and ship. And that's when Rios is like, no, like, I will talk
1: here. to the Borg, but you they cannot come on board. And, and they do it anyways. Yep. And they raise their shields and the Borg are able to basically, like, just, like, hammer away at the shields. Not with weapons, but just no. with the transporter beam. And that's important to know. Like, they don't attack. Even right. when they're being attacked. Like, so the queen, I'm jumping ahead. But they don't attack. They're able yeah. to penetrate the shields, but they don't attack the ship. They mm-hmm. just beam somebody on board. And the person who everyone assumes is the queen and might be the queen. Um, so you said, hold on,
0: I want to talk about this. Cause I sent the, so the, this, this figure shows up in yeah, the bridge, in all, like black. A, all black, dark helmet. So you, you cannot see It's Some kind of like, it looks like a shimmery black gown. Like, and I like sent a picture to you and I was like, I hate this. And, and I was you, like, I have thoughts. Yeah. You said you have thoughts and you have feelings. So I
1: want to know what they are. Why can't we see her face if it's a Borg Queen? Like we see the Borg Queen. Their Borg Queen is in the season. We knew it from the beginning yep. that the Borg Queen would be in the season that they announced to the casting. Why can't we see the face? That's, I not, mean, that's it. That's, that's my queen, right? I. That's why I'm like, I don't know. Is it the Queen <laughs> or is it, is there, there's something else. Like it may just be, okay. Like to be fair, it may just be looked really cool and yeah. really menacing because it did look really cool and really menacing uh but i don't know what is going on there but i feel like we will learn maybe there will be more about that later um, mm-hmm. because it didn't make i was just like there's something going on here but they all assume it's the queen yes and she specifically tells them we want peace yes but first i require power yes and and then like it. all these like tentacles like come out and start like piercing the different consoles and she starts like sucking power out of the ship and also like hacking into the ship basically and
0: taking control and armada has come to join when the minute including they the out, excelsior
1: including the excelsior ship.
0: the minute they found out it was the borg all these other federation ships show up but they are all of a similar model that have Borg technology and she's able to use that as an in to potentially take control of the entire well i don't think fleet, they're all a right? similar mo- i think they're i don't
1: think they're all have the borg technology because oh, I the stargazer bet. is the first but i think through the stargazer she's able because, to connect to yeah everybody. because I the stargazer see. has the board component she's able to like basically she's taking control of the whole fleet yeah and, and like seven Rios of nine is like
0: freaking out
1: tells people not to fire and seven of nine just starts firing and then everybody starts firing at her and she starts firing back but it's all stun setting yes. she's not killing anybody which is also significant this is the four so whatever's going on, there's something, there's something really there's weird something going on There's something weird here. going on. It's
0: There's also, like, this note. I was getting a little frustrated because Rios is the captain, and he keeps being like, don't fire, don't fire, and everybody just keeps freaking firing.
1: And I'm like, buddy, you need your Picard voice. Like... <laughs> And then, basically, she keeps hacking in, and Agnes is like, she's almost got control of the whole yeah, ship. Yeah, it's like 75%, 80%. Once she gets to 100, she'll have control of the entire fleet. And we can't self-destruct anymore, so Picard orders the self-destruct. Mm-hmm. Um, and he
0: but just... That is... Hold on. I, I want to make sure I understood this, because I was like, wait, are they, like, gonna... Is this, like, a suicide point? Is this, like, a, a dying by suicide moment where... It's essentially he's like we are giving up to save everybody else. We will do
1: self-destruct to kill to to yeah. make sure the Borg does not have access to the rest of the fleet. Right, that's exactly what it is. Yeah, okay. they, they we're going to destroy the ship and everybody on it to ensure the Borg doesn't gain access to the yeah. rest of the fleet. Um, and it's like there. This the, throughout the scene, Picard just seems like such an old man. Yeah, and it's in a yes. good way. Like I yes. think in a really, yes. really good way. Um, yes, because anything Borg, he kind of just like freezes up because of that, his experiences. It's like PTSD, right? Yeah. And then um, on top of that, like just like being and and like it's just Patrick was so good in the scene. And then he orders a self-strip, and the ship explodes. Yeah, And they're supposedly oh. all dead, except they're not. Or
0: are they? Because then Picard comes to in an unrecognizable version
1: of his chateau, right? Mm-hmm. There's some sort of weird shield, like, outside. There's a weird shield. There's pollu- a lot of pollution in the air. Mm-hmm. And he's trying to figure out what's going on because he's like, I was just aboard a ship. I just ordered self-destruct. We all died. Like, what happened? Where's everybody else? And then you hear... And then you hear from your voice. <gasps> oh my gosh! More
0: oh my gosh! Can I tell you, like, even seeing Q in the um, previews, it it doesn't it doesn't prepare you for the moment that he comes back. Yeah. And they do this similar thing with Gaiin, where Q shows up and he's in his younger, like digitized version of who mm-hmm. Q used to be, and he's like, "Oh, you're much older." Hold on a second, and then he snaps his fingers, and he's like, similarly
1: aged to picard although he looks amazing he looks, he looks fantastic yeah um and then we just get a very brief scene between the two of them which basically uh q informs him that the trial do you remember what i told you when last we met yeah. the trial never ends Ooh. um which is referring to all good things and he says like i just rewatched all good things like day before yesterday and he does say you know the trial never ends. Like you'll see me again, ah! and then like rides off into the sunset on his like big judge throne thing. And so it's it, yeah. So it's the same. And then so and then that's it. The episode ends, and it's like oh my god, Such like, a good- what a cliffhanger! And now we go into episode two because we've already been talking about episode one for an hour. Yeah, and, <sighs> and so now we're gonna go into episode two. Um, it starts right where the previous episode left off. Yep, and um. This scene gave me goosebumps. So good. Between okay. the two of them, just the the, the acting, of course, is I right. Mean, They're both of them are like great actors, like
0: but masters
1: of the craft. Right? They're like weight between, like just of what and the, the emotions. There's so many emotions. Picard's angry. He's frustrated. He's concerned. Mm-hmm. He is you know like he's he's concerned he's like worried about his friend because like it or not Q and him are friends in a way it's like oh my god well yeah there
0: are these moments right like he's there's all this tension because it's coming it's becoming very clear that Picard is not in the world he left Laris isn't there there's this weird cyborg man named Harvey Harvey convinced for no reason at all is related to the, <laughs> and this was some yesterday, the 1950 movie Harvey starring <laughs> Jimmy Stewart, whose best friend is a six foot tall imaginary rabbit named Harvey. I'm just like convinced you cannot tell me otherwise because, like, it's such a significant name. But so it's this like cyborg named Harvey who has all the, yeah, like, it's like one of S the androids from like
1: Mars, basically, yeah. like that you
0: see in the first season. And um this is a, like in this, Picard is, uh, like they're a, f- a f- basically like he's a, a
1: conqueror. He's a mm-hmm. colonizer. He's, he's a general. You know, like he's, he's the general. general of this terrible organization. In this terrible organization called the Confederation, that is mm-hmm. xenophobic, uh, puts humans first and kills aliens. basically. Or and, enslaves and, and, them. Kills or enslaves aliens and anyone who even is like rumored to sympathize with them. Humans because that are, it's humans first. Yeah. And so Q is
0: taking Picard basically around and Picard sees he has Romulan, um, enslaved Slaved. Romulans. Yep. Working in his house. Working in his home. And he is clearly like some kind of tyrant and he's very confused. And so Q, he and Q are having this conversation and it's getting like more and more, like both of them are getting more and more like tense, more and more upset. And, at one point, it sort of boils over. Like, Q is saying all of these things, like, the trial never ends, like, da 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 all this stuff keeps going.
1: And, and he's getting he... really emotional and almost, like, mm-hmm. spitting with his, like, fervor. And that's not the Q we know. No. We know like, the Q that, like, he he he's he plays with words and he's clever and he jokes. And even in serious situations, he's very steady. Yes. And
0: so Picard at some point says... Q, you are not well. Like he notices something is wrong. And it's this like very weighted thing that he says because it shifts the tenor of the conversation then. And Q is like pushing this about it being a lesson and blah, blah, blah. And or not a lesson, right? He it's says it's not a lesson, it's a penance.
1: And he's like, and Q says specifically, like, you know what this is about. Yes. We don't, as viewers, don't know what it's about. But it's again, something specific that's being hinted at. Mm hmm. And so Picard essentially is
0: like, I'm not participating in this. I yeah. would like to be ignored. I don't want to be a part of this narrative. And Q pieces out at that, right? Q well, pe- Q punches him in the face. Oh, yeah. He hits him in the face. I forgot.
1: Like, I which I was like, oh, my God. And hard enough to, like, draw blood from yeah. his head. And Picard doesn't even react, which is, like, saying something for, like – I mean, he reacts, but he's just – he doesn't, like, punch him back or anything. Right. He's just like, what the fuck is going on? Mm-hmm. Like, why – like, Q doesn't punch people in the face like he's omnipotent like what is going on so there is a there is a big like there's a lot to unpack here about like there is a lot of really like not like what something
0: could, is going on there's
1: something bad going on mm-hmm. beyond like them just being in this horrible alternate reality and
0: this will be like a running theme in terms of pretty classic star trek villains acting in ways that we are not anticipating i think we'll be thematically running through this season yes um because so like q goes away and now Picard is like in this life that he doesn't recognize where he is this horrible tyrant that is like power and mercy, but mercy doesn't
1: really mean mercy. It just means subjugation. We're, we're, we're showing aliens mercy by subjugating them yes. because we're better than them.
0: Like, exactly. Yikes. Yeah. Um And there's this, you know, there, Star Trek is continually trying to show us how strange this world is. And so like, in the morning, he like gets his like daily drink and it turns out it's coffee and not tea. And it, it was like it's funny, but it also was like a little jarring in terms of like <laughs> like that was the moment <laughs> that was the moment. He was like fuck all of this. Yeah. Like Picard was like I hate this so much. This is this is the straw. This is the straw. And then we cut to um seven seven of nine who wakes up in a bed and they do this like kind of coy like covering half her face in various like tricks right like first she's sleeping and you can't see half of it then there's like a blur or something and it's like an opulent sort of apartment and I really did like this moment actually because like the mirror comes up and she sees her face and she's shocked because the the thing is gone the board yeah we is happens. gone um, and she's like, "Is this dream? Is this real?" And she goes through like first, I have to check like psychological. She does like a, a equation on the mirror, yeah. And she's like, "Sense of smell, blah blah blah." Like all these reasons to show, like to show that she's not in a dream.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, and basically, she's not in a dream because she's also in this weird other world. And then this man comes in, and it's like that man is the magistrate. He's her husband. She's the president of the world. <laughs> Yep. <laughs> like the president of humanity essentially of this like fascist version of Earth.
1: Yep. Yeah. And she has to and Kudos to Jerry Ryan because no. she does a really incredible so job. She like you can see awkward like the old awkward like yes. the 7 of 9 we see in Picard is not the old awkward 7 of 9. Mm-hmm. Um she's still awkward whenever anything Borg comes up, she's still awkward. But when she's uncomfortable in these scenes, she gets really awkward, and that's just very good acting. I think she mm-hmm. she's I mean she's a great actress. She's but, also like
0: so good at like picking up on cues and picking up on what she needs to be doing like immediately.
1: Yeah. Exactly. Right. Um, and trying to blend in as much as she can to get as much information as she can. So the magistrate and her slash her husband takes her to her office and she's like looking through her files, I think for anything familiar and hits on the captain of the person in charge of the invasion of Vulcan, mm-hmm. uh, Captain Rios.
0: Yeah, it's it's I, an. I, I do a very quick aside to what this show did very smartly in this episode, which was showing us how our various main characters react to being in a situation like this. Right? Is like Picard's reaction to ask a lot of questions, like and ask a lot of questions in a commanding way. Right? Mm-hmm. I mean, seven of Nine infiltrate. Figure out what's going on from the inside. Don't let anybody know you're not supposed to be there. Which I just yeah. really liked a lot. I thought it was and very, good And
1: which we'll get to, is a very, very typical. In of, character. In character. And very like, oh my god,
0: oh my god, have just some just panic. Yeah. Just panic um, and not, not being able to, like, think through the, like,
1: personal relationship moments. Exactly. And so she requests a private secure channel with Captain Rios to get an update on the worst situation. And it Mm -hmm. should be noted that her husband is noticing every weird thing she's doing and like, what is going on? Like something is not right. Um, and she gets, and then we flash to Chris on the ship and he's Mm -hmm. just like, he's basically in the middle of a battle and is like, what is happening? Yeah. And she, um, and it's really funny when she contacts him, he's like, I'm getting a call from the president. Like what is going on? And then she because say- he, She
0: does. Well, hold on. He has a phone call. He shows up in this battle, right? And yeah. he has a phone call with his, like, subordinate. And yeah. she's like, your plan worked. We're going to take these, like, disgusting Vulcans down and all this, like, really That's gross disgusting. language. And he was like, what plan was it? And she tells him, she was like, it's a bait and switch and blah, blah, blah. And there's this huge battle going on. And he kind of has, like, a hybrid Picard 7 situation going on where he's yeah. like, trying to subtly ask questions but he's still very very shaken obviously like he can't really he doesn't hide it like seven of nine can yeah um and so he's just kind of like "Ah." (laughs) okay and then and then the president's call comes through
1: yeah and um and then she's basically doesn't you know she doesn't know if he's the rios Mm -hmm. she knows and so she's just, like, talking. She's basically, like, look, we're on a secure line. No one else can hear us. I just want to let you know if there's anything weird going you can on. Tell, you can tell me. And tell me. he was, like, you and he finally, like, recognizes seven? her voice. And he's, like, "Yeah."
0: like seven? She's, like oh, and she's like, oh, thank God. God.
1: <laughs> it is very, very funny. <laughs> so so she's they're like, just both, like, I have no idea what's going on.
0: Like, you and need to he, get here.
1: <laughs> and he, she recalls him back to Earth. Mm-hmm. And then – uh, continues on with her day and well this is eradication we Girardi, day.
0: right we see no, gerardi yeah. well
1: so it's eradication day and so which is a day that they like kill aliens i guess and Ugh. stuff yes really gross so horrible. and um so the, the her husband tells her that dr gerardi is prepping the prisoner and she's like oh agnes gerati here okay Great. let's go
0: and, and then, then we catch to gerati
1: who is just like in a talking lab
0: to the, by herself, to the
1: animated cat on her screen. Yeah,
0: she's like created this animated cat to be her friend. It's very like kind of funny and jarring in like a like an adult swim kind of way. Because yeah. the cat is like, I guess I'll just stand here and talk to you. Like he's very like dry and like irritated. It's like I, I wouldn't be surprised if like Pat while did the Right, like totally. Like,
1: um, <laughs> and so then they walk in, and Agnes is like, "Oh my god, thank God, Seven And then and then has to like walk it Basically, back walk it back and she's constantly doing this like talking yes. about like uh like like yeah, we're all tries to friends yeah um, and like we said we saw each other on we saw each other last when we were gazing at stars and i was like oh yes we were on the stargazer i mean gazing at star like i mean they call me they call me the stargazer just, yeah <laughs> it's just it was very awkward very in character but in a way i did not find annoying because no, it I agree. felt like her um, um so she brings <laughs> up the prisoner. She brings up the prisoner they're going to execute on the stage and it comes and, and it opens and the prisoner comes out and it's the Borg queen.
0: But like the Borg queen as we saw her in the movie Star Trek
1: First Contact as mm-hmm. we saw her in Star Trek Voyager not with black all over the face yeah. not with you just know just like, like waist a helmet. up the creepy. like the torso basically with the with the weird snake like mm-hmm. spine thing and then she doesn't have a body and she is very very out of it um, the destruct there's two i think aspects of why she's very out of it first obviously she's a queen of a hive and the hive is gone they've destroyed all the boards so she's the only one left that's part of it but more significantly and what uh, what seven points out is she has transtemporal awareness yes so she knows when there's something wrong with the timeline yep and that's our first clue that this isn't an alternate reality Q changed something in the timeline. And there's a moment where you're not sure what's going on quite. And she's standing there and she locks eyes with seven who has never been assimilated in this, in this yeah. timeline, locks eyes with seven and says, you know, uh, tertiary, I, tertiary adjunct of Unimatrix zero, which was seven of nine tertiary adjunct of Unimatrix zero with seven's full name. Mm. So she locks eyes with her and recognizes her, even though, she seven was never assimilated, so like you know, like there's yeah. this is like the confirmation we needed of what happened. Ooh, so it's at this so point, stressful yeah, it was really stressful. So at this point, we know. I think we we what happens next? We flashed
0: to Elnor Well, So no, I life? think this is where we go to Eleanor because there's a yeah. there's a comment about how there's unrest in Okinawa. I think mm-hmm, right. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and so we cut to Okinawa, and there are all these like it's like beautiful cityscape and then bombs start going off yes cut to like two romulans one is elnor and he's clearly like what is going on like he's his hair is down he's wearing a leather jacket he looks he looks like brandon lee from the crow like it's very i'm into it i'm not saying that in a bad way um and the romulan woman he's with is like we're doing it, like, they'll know and there are all these series of bombs going off and she's like, that's for,
1: like, the Vulcans and that's It seems like they're taking out, like, one building for every, you know, for every alien alien race race that that they've conquered or whatever and, like, yeah, it's-
0: And she's like, we'll show them um, that we're, like, survivors, etc. And she, like, is, like, getting very close
1: to him and then she gets shot in the back. Yeah, the security force catches up with them and then Elnor starts running and is about to be taken in or Mm -hmm. killed and then Someone walks up in a in a hood and fires at the security guards, and, and it's Raffi who's the head of security in yeah. this in this uh, timeline. And so she's she basically like saves him, and he gives her a really great hug. Hugs. He very good hugs, yeah. You pointed and then, out like very um, good hugs, very good hugs, and and then she uh, come runs into another security force and pretends to have taken him captive, but like is keeping him close and keeping an eye on him so nobody can take him away. Yep and uh, hurt him. Yeah, so, and, and it's it's also stressful because they also are like, what
0: is happening? Where are we? But basically mm-hmm. everyone is being called to Just Wherever eradication this eradication speech yeah. is happening.
1: And um they so so General Picard, who you know, in this timeline arrives at the eradication day ceremonies at the same time, luckily that Rafi and Elnor do. And so mm-hmm. when the security forces who are presumably under Picard's command, if he's a general, yeah. um, try to take Elnor away from Raffi, he's able to intervene.
0: Yes. And in like, Patrick Stewart is clearly having so much fun here because he gets to go from like, we have to figure out what's going on, Picard, to like, to like, sure. donch and like, leader, angry Picard. Yeah. And use his great Shakespearean and, Like, tenor. yell at- yeah. It's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's wonderful.
1: Re- so good. <laughs> and then it's really funny at a moment, like, at, like when they're walking away, around, he's like, are you in there, JL? And he's like, <laughs> like so he says something like 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 i'm not sure or something in response. Like, <laughs> yeah it's, it's funny and so um, they're, and they're, they're all
0: able to meet up right and well it's, and... it's
1: still it's still with i think with seven um just with seven dradi not there yet and they yeah, basically talk mm-hmm. about what's going on and um this is what we think alternate timeline and he kind of explains that q i think is yes. responsible for that something might be wrong with him Yes, um, there's something wrong with him. And then they go to see Jurati. Mm-hmm. And then and, that's and when they Chris kind of Chris is
0: like, uh, Chris has come, so he's within um, whatchamacallit. Transporter call it? range. Transporter
1: range. And so that's when they start kind of hatching their plan of what they're going to do, which basically the board Queen, because of her temporal awareness, transtemporal awareness, is able to tell them, basically pinpoint exactly where in time Q changed something. She yeah. says he changed one thing in the year 2024. In L.A. And in Los Angeles, and there is a watcher there yeah. to help guide you, which is very interesting. Yes. Um. And they're really like, okay, we got to go back in time, but we don't have time travel technology. And then they, Picard points out, well, you can slingshot around the sun, which, you know, they did in Star Trek for The Voyage Home. You know, Kirk did it. Mm-hmm. Agnes is like, well, we don't have Spock. And we need a brilliant mind to do all those calculations. We don't have Spock. and And Seven's like, but we have her. Board like, queen. I want to point
0: out that the board queen, the entire episode, is shooting these like very strange, unsettling glances it's at super everybody. Creepy.
1: She's it's super so creepy, weird.
0: and it feels. I don't know like,
1: what's creepier, like like the super self assured Borg queen who knows she's this going like, to overtake you, or this like weird like twitchy like. But the glances seem really
0: significant Right because mm-hmm. they focus the camera focuses On her when she does it and she does It to everybody where she's yeah. like It's very like I'm assessing you And I am assessing whether or not I'm assessing how fast I'm going to be able to assimilate yeah, You it's is like what so it feels like How fast can I
1: take over your mind
0: Even as she is like clearly in this Spot she's not because they say to her like don't you Want to get back to the right time like do you want This or do you want the right time And she but she, there's a self-assuredness About her that is so at odds with her circumstance that it is uncomfortable to watch because it feels like such a disconnect for like what you would expect of someone there right like she has this smirk that she has like it's very stressful to just watch I wish I had written down the actress's name
1: yeah because she's very very good Annie, something Annie. when it's like a german last name she's she's very very
0: good though because she's the facial expressions she doesn't have much to work with like right she's like a torso and her arms are just like down so it's literally these micro expressions that are flashing across her face
1: oh it's so good it's she's so good and so creepy but basically it's like do you want to get executed on a stage or do you want to help us go back in time to fix this. So at least you have the collective back in the Delta quadrant. Yes. You know, you're in that reality. And so she basically agrees to help them, but they mm-hmm. can't beam out because of the eradication day festivities. Everything's under lockdown. Yeah. You think there's a moment. This is I, like, I kept,
0: I think we were both very similar in that this was so. This episode stressful. Was so stressful. Yeah, like I, I was kept just like pausing. Oh my God, just,
1: get, just get on the ship. Just get on the I, ship. Yeah,
0: like I had to keep pausing and walking away. And this moment where the beaming actually starts to happen, and then they don't leave. I was like, oh no.
1: <laughs> oh, by the way, another great hug. Elnor gives um Elnor gives Girardi a great hug. Very too. very was, good. Just, hug just Gotta call that out because it made very me feel good, 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 hug. good. It's like the few <laughs> moments of tenderness in this like really stressful episode. It's so cute. Um, and then, so, basically, then the uh, Seven's husband walks back in, and Picard, very, like, under his breath, is like, you know, Agnes, you figure out how to get a transporter lock on everybody. Rafi, you figure out how to, like, take the shields mm-hmm. down, I guess, and let's get this done. So, Rafi takes uh, Elnor to be, like, I guess, processed as, like, a prisoner. Uh, Jurati stays with the Borg Queen, and um, Seven and john luke go to the eradication day stage and seven starts making a speech and it's really creepy and it's it's this whole sequence was
0: i <laughs> i was like oh this evil future earth is basically also the evil future earth of like bill and ted's bogus journey it it's just too- it oh look at okay, okay. okay. Laugh also really hard. in that
1: wide shot of mm-hmm. eradication day festivities you see like this hologram statue thing and you hear a very familiar oh, yeah. voice say did you recognize this one no say, who like- was it a a something like a safe earth is a something or i yeah. don't remember exactly what the quote was that was definitely brent spiner and if you oh, look at no, the statue yeah. if you look at the statue at the bottom it says i think adam sung so mm-hmm. i think he's i think there's another sung coming uh, maybe in the past and i'm wondering how much artificial intelligence has because as far as we know we don't know an adam Sung. i don't yeah think. And so I think we're going to see Brent Spiner in the past, basically, ooh. as Adam Song. I think that's going to be significant. Oh, good. Um, I, ooh, it's so stressful. I know. Okay. So they're on stage making, and, like, Picard's clearly supposed to execute the Borg Queen in front of an audience.
0: Yeah, it's super weird. It's like it's all these people weird. are in, like, black hoodies, it's low lighting. Like, it's, it's like, I <laughs> the music was so funny to me because it was, like, Literally, I was like, what does this remind me of? And I was like, oh, it's the, like, scary parts of Peter and the Wolf. Is (laughs) what it was, like, making me think of. It was just, like, so... It was. It was very stressful. It was very... But it was so... There was a level of it that was, like, cartoonishly evil. You know what I mean? But I think it was deliberate. Like, I think it was a very deliberate choice um, to show the absurdity of this version of Earth. Right. And... um
1: then basically it's, it's just, just a race waiting finish, for people right? it's just racing for people to come so rafi basically elnor lets the security guards beat him up until agnes says okay we've got the transporter locks well and then-
0: so yeah rafi has to bring that But i just want to point out that that's a good scene because rafi basically throws him to the security mm-hmm. people as a distraction so she can bring the shields down agnes is like on the phone with Rios and Rios is like, could you get this going? Could you get this going? And they, Agnes makes some like snarky comment about him like running away or something. And he's like, yeah. unlike now you you want to talk or something like that. And then he says something like, unlike you who can like God forbid you talk about a feeling (laughs) there. So they're having like a couple's fight while she's trying to like get like the transporter locks on everybody, but it's taking too long. Like you can tell seven is trying to like prolong her speech. Mm Mm-hmm. But it, she can't prolong it forever. And so Picard yeah. is slowly pulling his, like...
1: And he's... he's at first, he's theatrical about it. Like, yeah, very theatrical. On a, like, a, scene for people. And then finally, Agnes, I think, is, like... Well, I think,
0: so he's like, we might oh, d- have no, no. to... We might have yeah, to fight our way out, right? Because she right. cannot... Like, Rafi is, like, counting down the second. She's like, okay, we have ten seconds. Yeah, it's
1: like Rafi brings the shield down and then tells Elnor, like, okay fight them for real shields you know whatever. he like straight up
0: murders all these
1: people even though he's got like yeah and he's though he's in handcuffs like he like straight up like it's awesome m- yeah it's it's pretty great but then Gerardi is still having trouble getting I yeah think, because they I have the shields down is.
0: for one minute
1: yeah they only have
0: one minute and Gerardi can't get whatever equation or whatever walks, she's doing yeah it. and so the time is counting out it's very stressful and picard finally realizes he's like we're gonna have to like fight out because the crowd yep. is starting to turn of like why is this taking so long and they're starting to boo and so picard just like Start shifts to, to the up. right because the magistrate has a moment where he nods at one of the guards like the guard is just like fine i'm gonna do it and so picard shoots at the guard mm-hmm. and like everything goes bananas and then the finally the they, transfer, beam they
1: beam up but it's still stressful because they're being pursued right
0: by, by the confederation uh, by
1: confederation forces so they're trying to plug the um borg queen into the ship in and order to Rios is like do not do this Yeah and they're like well we have to give her power so, like, because she has to be able to like function slingshot to, us like wherever slingshot we need to go. go Right and she needs power and she needs to be connected to the ship to like give the ship commands So um but, like I do want to point out it's Girati
0: who is literally pushing the borg queen towards that spot and being the person who connects her. And let me – it's
1: like when I say plugging her into the ship, they're, like, physically, Literally. like, drag, trying to drag these cables – and then but they're still being pursued and um because she plugs it in I want to
0: point this out because there's a very long shot where she plugs it in and then the board queen looks down at her and stares at her in her yes. eyes and then it cuts to a full screen shot of Gerardi looking
1: back up into the board queen's eyes and I'm like oh god yeah it's it's super super creepy and uh, then um and then
0: the confederation split, well yeah you have a split second where you're like oh my god they're going to get away and then Confederation oh. forces beam on board. And they immediately shoot Elnor. Shoot Elnor. And everyone has their hands up, and the episode ends. Well, the magistrate says to Picard, like, you're a traitor to the Confederation, mm-hmm. and I'm going to kill you in the process of rescuing the president, basically.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And so, and that's when the episode cuts.
1: Yep. <gasps> <gasps> My okay, God. so it's a it's it's a lot, and um, it's a really really good season.
0: So I Man, I, I, I can't wait to watch yeah. episode three. I'm like yeah. so
1: stressed out about what's yeah, coming. It's, it's a lot, and so um, I'm <laughs> really excited to keep talking about this show. But um, okay, let's I guess. Uh move on to what are you doing? Yes. Okay, very quickly.
0: Uh still doing Tarval and our bust with Jen Northington, where we're rereading all the Wheel of Time books. We are on the Fires from no the Fires of Heaven right now, which is book five of the Wheel of Time. You can also pre-order my Spider-Man book, Spider-Man's Social Dilemma. It is available wherever books are sold. I'm gonna be doing a pre-order campaign. I'm working on the uh, rewards right now so if you do pre-order it hold on to your receipt and then finally yesterday I, for when you're listening to this but today for when we're recording this um women of marvel number one came out and i have a black cat short in it and it's very cute and i love it a lot so like go pick it up if you have uh the chance it's probably hopefully in your local comic book store
1: i am recapping star trek picard for star though i get much more into depth in these episodes, so if you listen to the podcast, I'm not sure how much you'll get from reading the recaps, but please read them anyway <laughs> uh, I really want you to. I'm also writing my Wired column still, um, and I'm on TikTok at Swapna underscore Krishna, where I am almost—I'm getting really close to 10,000 followers on TikTok, which I am super excited about. And then. I've got some secret projects in the works I can mm-hmm. hopefully talk about in the next couple of weeks.
0: Yeah, you do. I know what they are. I'm excited.
1: Yeah. Um, okay, what are we into? Um, <laughs> I am reading Secret Identity by Alex Segura. Alex is a yes. friend of both of ours. He's a fantastic writer. I'm a, I'm a big fan of his writing, I'm a big fan of him as a person. Um, but this is a, uh, this is, Kind of his first like big five novel, and it's a mystery novel set in 1970s New York in the comic book world, and it is just—I mean, it is just—it is fantastic. It, it just is, got it um, reviewed in the
0: Times, right? Yeah. It just got a great review in the New York Times.
1: Yeah, and I tend—I tend to like if 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 it's a book by a friend, and I'm like, eh, it's fine. I don't talk about it because I, you know, I don't want to recommend a book I don't wholeheartedly love. But if I am like the fact that I'm talking about this, don't be like, oh, she's—he's her friend. So that's why she's talking about it. I'm talking about it because it's fantastic. Um, And because um, I am finally going back and playing Dragon Age Origins, I tried and then it wasn't available on the PlayStation and it was this whole mess. And then I tried playing like the Awakening, I think it was, and the experience was terrible on the PlayStation. So finally I, my husband gave me his Xbox One X and I, They're all available there and I've downloaded them. So now I'm playing it with an Xbox giant controller, which I'm not happy about, but, Hmm. um, but the game's good. I'm enjoying it. All right. What are you up to? Um I am listening
0: to a comfort read, which is The King of Atolia, which I do we didn't talk this episode's already so long, but very briefly, you finally read the first two books.
1: First two books of the it's the thief series by Megan Whalen Turner. Queen's yes. Thief Series, I think it's called by the yes. Megan Whalen Turner. Preethi has talked about these books a lot, so I finally started reading them. I think we're probably gonna do a episode yes. on all six of the books once I'm done, which is probably gonna be like a little into the summer, but I'm really enjoying them they're
0: so good um yeah they are (laughs) yeah it's like I the audiobooks are incredible if you've read the books and you're thinking about like wanting to revisit highly recommend the audiobooks uh I also started the name of the wind by Patrick Patrick Rothfuss which is like the I don't remember the name of the trilogy um but everybody killer chronicles King, king killer chronicles yes thank you I was like I know king is in it and I know chronicle is in it but I couldn't remember what exactly it was I'm very, very early on. It's I'm, like, reading it very slowly because I know the third book's not out. Um, I don't know why I started it knowing that the third book's not out. And then the last thing that I want to talk about is a one-shot sort of, like, issue, long, long issue of a comic from Image called Rock... <laughs> I wrote Rock Story. It's Rockstar and Soft Boy by Senna Grace. It's so good. It's, like, weird and funny and magical and about, like two queer best friends like it's just really lovely and i really really recommend picking it up if you're looking for like a comic book that is just like joyful about who you are and like thinks about like the awkwardness of friendships and and the fighting and like reconciliation it's just really good it's it's really really good
1: okay we are part of the hard knock life family you can find all the podcasts in the hard knock media family. <laughs> I said family twice. <laughs> That's because okay. We're part of the Hard Knock Life podcast network. You can find all the podcasts in the Hard Knock Media family at hardknockmedia.com. That's n o c media.com.
0: And thank you to our patrons over at Patreon. Thank you to Meredith and Rita at the $12 level and to Amber, Jordan, Annie, Brandy, Claire, Brian, Robert, Chris, the Knot family, Priya, Geeshav, Ruth and Kavita at the $5 level. Uh you can come over to our Patreon at patreon.com slash uh You can also find us on social on Twitter at Geek Girls. I am on all social medias at runwithskizzers, S-K-I-Z-Z-E-R-S.
1: I am on Twitter at skrishna and
0: on TikTok at swapna underscore Krishna. Uh, and until next time.
1: Until next time. We will we'll see, see you, you in, in hell. hell.